so the idea behind it is to, you know, in partnership with Habitat for Humanity, seeing that they can, you know, build this real life and how it, you know, withstands our, uh, our climates uh, here in Ontario and, and, and for building multifamily um, homes and, and, and small homes as well, which would be uh, just pretty awesome that, uh, that they're getting into this and, and, you know, that it's happening here in, in Ontario as well. How big of a 3D printer would you need to build? Like, even if you're doing it in small increments, you know, like, be, uh, I mean, I guess based on that image, I mean, because they do it, like even just the... Uh... You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. I love that new intro, man. That new intro is just kick ass. Stellar. It's stellar. Yeah. We're uh, we're we're really repping the Canadian uh, uniforms today. I got my flannel. Greg's got his Canadian tuxedo. Dave's got his comfortable hood on. Well, it's not even a hood. Sweater. We're back. <laughs> we're back. It's the Ottawa <laughs> Real Estate Podcast. My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm here with uh, Greg Campbell. I'm here with David Warren, and uh, we like talking about real estate mortgages, really whatever else we want to talk about that week. Uh, I'm one of the owners of Referral Mortgages in Ottawa, and I'm joined with David Warren, who's my business partner, and uh, Greg Campbell. He is a, let me guess, a managing <laughs> director, right? Now at, uh, That's the title at the I was given. That's the managing title. director. How's everything going with the agency? How's the first couple of weeks? It's good. I mean, it's, it's business as usual, other than we've gotten calls from... Um, Everyone you know some calls from a, yeah a lot of calls just asking about you know what what happened what's going on what's up with the change um, calls from uh, other agents just inquiring you know about what it what it offers and you know what might be different. So I was talking to a, a mortgage agent this week, <clears throat> and uh, they told me that I was asking them you know well what you know what sort of referral sources they were new to the industry and I asked them you know where you get plan to get your leads from and so on. And they were talking to me about this real estate team that they know really well grew up with. And uh, they were telling me that 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 team is actually considering switching to the agency, which just came to Ottawa. I said, oh, of course. I know all about the agency, actually. Uh, so it's pretty funny. I meant to actually tell you about that uh, off air, but here we are. I wonder, I wonder which team that is. <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Um, keep that quiet. <laughs> yeah. What, um, what, uh, what's going on in Ottawa? What's the, what's the week, uh, what's the past week been looking like as far as, uh, numbers, movement? I mean, it's, I know I've seen a lot it, more sales recently, so. Yeah, it's, it's more of the same. There's an increase, there's more listings coming out. It's slowly changing, but the average, uh, sales price to list price is 114, uh, percent. So it's still up. It's still up. And, uh, you know, I can't, uh, I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know where it's going to go. There's a lot of people, um, that are still, uh, you know, losing out in multiple offers. There's yeah. some people that I know are putting on the brakes after losing a lot. I was just talking to a colleague. They, uh, their clients had lost quite a few back to back and now they just said, you know what, we're just going to wait. Uh, they're getting uh -huh. married in the summer. So they've kind of just shifted gears, uh, which is fair. I mean, I can get that. That's, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, Losing a lot of offers doesn't keep you optimistic, you know? So uh -huh. for some, it's challenging. I've got a couple that, uh, I mean, I had some that stepped back. I had another one that just stepped back, but I had a couple transactions done as well. So it keeps moving. I, I know that there's going to be more coming out. I can feel a shift. I've got listings coming out. And like I said, this is my slowest start to listings ever. Well, in the last five years anyways. 
So uh, with that being said, if I'm seeing that happening, I think that some other agents will be seeing that as well. So I, I, I'm confident there's going to be a lot more and that we're going to stabilize in the next little bit. Greg, I know, I th well, both of you, I think I sent it to you uh, Thursday of last week, but uh, that we were talking about new builds and basically getting into those auctions. And uh, I don't think I talked about it on the show, but I'll repeat it again. Yeah. So I apologize if I did talk about it last week, but uh, there was someone who was telling me, a real estate agent that mentioned that they had a client that was putting in their name into the kind of auction hat. So with a lot of the new constructions, mm -hmm. they'll usually release, you know, six to eight homes. And then you have to kind of put your name in the hat, you give a deposit, and then they basically, it's literally a lottery system. And uh, they said for this one builder, they had eight units and there was 400 names in the auction, mm -hmm. which wow. is madness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just madness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's still definitely an issue, uh, as far as just supply is still super yeah. low. So it would be great to see, you know, a flood of homes of people in the city that are moving to a different province and just not needing another home in Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I talked to some other builders, you know, I was talking to Madame last week and in some of their locations or one of their locations, you know, they're releasing like two, four at a time. It's the uh -huh. same thing. There's like 400 people calling in, trying to get the house. I was talking to a couple of buyers last week, but well, I've been talking to them for the last few weeks, new builders, and I've just been having conversations with the builders, trying to see what they have coming up. A lot of them, like nothing's coming out till summer. Uh, some of them, like I said, there's, you know, they're releasing two to four at a time and it's just total lottery style. Like, and, and know, why they is let, that? They, they let everybody know. They let everybody know that this is happening. And then whoever gets back to them, that's it. But why is it that they're only releasing or that they're, you know, a few at a time? Because typically in the because, past, it's been a, a full phase one and yeah. it's, you know, 20 homes or 50 homes. Why, why only the I think few they're just doing what they can. They're just doing yeah. what they can, I think, instead of waiting. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's beneficial or not. You know, I think, I think the smarter way of doing it is to release it as, in phases, obviously full phases. But I've seen them stepping back and doing this new model for the last little while and I don't, I I'd actually, you know what? It's a good question, Dave. I don't know the specifics. Maybe I'll have some more conversations and ask that. Um, could just be other issues that we don't know about. Yeah. You know, hmm. but uh, yeah, it used but to yeah, be but, like in phase one, they'd kind of released, you know, here's a hundred units. There's, you know, uh, 20 single families, 60 condos and whatever else, or a couple duplex or uh, semis or what have you. And then phase two, they'd kind of have another section, but you're basically reserving your lot and, and, build right now they're doing it yeah like you said like kind of six to eight homes at a time which again goes back to the supply supply and demand issue if you're if you have super little supply it's never you know it's not going to help home prices yeah, they're, they're almost uh they're almost impacting the the pricing as well right they're limiting that yep. limiting the supply artificially even potentially um to then increase the price on that future few homes they release um i know a lot of builders that they've been you know they did actually uh lose a lot or, or margins really shrunk uh, over mm. the past couple of years because they signed purchase agreements so long ago. And then that price of building increased so substantially, whether that be through wages on trades and, and materials and things like that, that, uh, that those margins were really shrunk or they're at a loss. And so it could be also a strategy where they're trying to make up some of that ground right now while there is such well, a high demand. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing in fuel now, right? Like even like, for oh, example, yeah. on fuel, I got a call from our, um, our snow removal company and they were they were very transparent about it. They said, "Listen, you know, we're we're not asking you for extra money. Um, we but we are we found out <laughs> we found out yeah kind of, but it was in a you know they explained it. They're like some of the other snow removal companies have already billed their clients. They're like, but we're 
uh, we're asking you if you have any extra, if you could donate because our margins wow. are definitely not being met now because of the fuel costs. And I was like, wow, I'm like, that's, you know, I'm actually going to do it because the service has been amazing and I can understand it, like being in business and shit. And like, yeah. this just comes out of nowhere. These guys are, you know, uh -huh. they work hard. They, they got to pay. I mean, you understand it's a business, but I mean, I like the way that they approached it. So I'm happy to, happy to help because I mean, everybody's hit by it. Um, I had another comment about the builds and now I totally lost it because I was talking about snow removal. Damn it. Um, I, I will throw it back to you though, Greg. We, you had a great story for us last week and we need to know the outcome. What happened with your buyers at that, uh, that million versus uh, million we got 50? It. Did you? We got you it. You got it at the million? Yeah, we got it. Amazing. Ooh, we got it done. It, it's, uh, it's amazing. We're putting, we're putting one of their properties on the market uh, actually this week, Thursday. Yeah. Crazy. That's hilarious. Crazy story. I love it. Yeah. We should actually have, we should have, we should have both of those guys on. We should have Nick Funditis, who was the agent on the original buy, and then we'd have Fred Jaja, who's the uh, who was the listing agent. That would be a great conversation just to get the perspective of the whole All circle, around. so people yeah. can kind of see how that worked. Mm -hmm. And they were like everybody was amazing. Like we, everybody's been doing it like in the business long enough, so it was it was really, although it was. Uh, a, a strange situation it was handled very well i think from all three parties yeah, yeah that'd be great um well i'm glad to hear for your buyer's sake that yeah that's uh, everything awesome. worked out congratulations to greg's buyers if Thank you're listening you. they, um, are, they are listening <laughs> so uh we had a question on youtube last week <clears throat> talking about the, uh, the no conditions and so on and a very interesting question regarding um, the Canadian military. So I'll read it to you guys and we can just have a quick discussion about it. Uh, so it says, hey guys, I heard from a friend that works for the Department of National Defense that the military will have one of the longest and biggest active posting seasons this year, meaning that many military personnel may be moving in and out of cities across Canada this year. This is supposed to take place from May to October. Normally it's only a three month season, but this year it will be five months. Perhaps this will cause listings to go up more than expected this year. But of course, for every military seller, you would think that there would be a military buyer. So this is so this may be a zero sum gain in terms of demand, I believe. Now, the big question is, if most of these military members moving into Ottawa from places like Gagetown, where homes are more affordable, would the military member choose to buy a higher valuation or rent in Ottawa? Maybe you have more insight on how this acting posting season, sorry, this active posting season for military personnel may affect the local housing market. Thank you. Yeshua. There's a lot in there. A lot in there. Yeah. Let's unpack it a little very, bit. Uh, <laughs> it's a good question because it's not something that... Um, I, do, I do relocation. I don't do tons of relocation. It usually comes from um, uh, just a referral from... It, it, it does come from a past military referral usually. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's interesting. Like I, I haven't heard anything about that because I'm not super involved in it, but it's a very valid question. Um, especially, you know, people coming from a smaller town where they may have sold for 400,000, then they, they're going to buy something for seven. And typically anyone who comes on a relocation is going to want to buy. Now I do have comments about this because, and I will, this is a specific military relocation situation. So a number of years ago we had, um, when I was working, working with my mother full time, um, we had a buyer come in and they bought a, and this was kind of when Orleans started taking a, it just wasn't where, where it was before. There was a lot of change. I think it was, um, the RCMP moved out. Um, anyways, there was a bunch of re relocations that weren't really posting. Nothing. No one was really coming into Orleans. Everyone was going to Barhaven, Barhaven in Canada. And 
so this they came in and they said we want to be in Orleans because they could get more bang for their buck. They bought it, and I had said to them, I said, "You guys are going to stay stay here for five years. Like you got five years here, right? About they're like, yeah, give or take." Because they were talking about doing a big renovation and everything, and I said, "I you know if you have to sell soon, I don't think your property's going to. I don't think you're going to get your money back." So, anyways, a year and a half later, they got a reposting that they couldn't refuse. Had to go. And the, the, what, had, the, what they had put into the house versus what they had paid for it, there was no way it was impossible to get what they wanted for it. So they lost, right? And they lost, I would say they probably lost about 50 grand on that transaction. Mm. So with the way, that, the way that I see the market going, and again, I always say this, you know, there's, no, there's no crystal ball, but you know, if you look at the cycle of, of, of history, in real estate in Ottawa, it seems like we're at the absolute peak and we're coming to a more stabilized market. Uh, I would be hesitant to spend top dollar here unless you're, you know that you're staying. If you know that you're staying for five years, no problem. But if, you, if there's any thought that you may have to leave after one or two years, I would definitely rent. Or it's interesting. I would rent and buy an investment property in the city of Ottawa. Mm. I don't know. A, a lot of the uh, a lot of the military uh, clients that I've dealt with, um, they've come from you know obviously out of town and and some of the smaller communities like you mentioned, and they've they don't have a desire to live in the city either though. So they're buying in the Limoges right. and, and and you know uh, Rockland and things like that that are outside um, outside the city. Um, so you know. It's uh, it's certainly an interesting question. Comments from Sharon. I didn't know that they that that posting period had had been extended. So it will be mm-hmm. interesting to see how that does impact things. Um, will it be a zero sum game? Who knows? Because a lot of a lot of those same military people that I work with that have been at D and D in Ottawa here and maybe purchased and then moved posted elsewhere. Sometimes they're posted overseas. They're keeping their property. They're just converting it to a rental because they don't know when they're going to be coming back. And maybe they're posted overseas and they don't want to give up that property. They do see it as an investment. Um, and so it just goes, that's just a, a property that goes into the rental market as opposed to resale uh, as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think there's yeah, a number of components. I don't think it will be a zero sum. I think if you're in Gagetown or you're in a smaller or Trenton or something like that, you know, who knows? They might be looking on load because they need that equity. Mm-hmm. But maybe if they're, if it's a lot being moved overseas and I don't know if it's posted just within Canada that he's referring to or, or mm. overseas postings, but you know, with a lot, with the global climate of everything going on overseas, uh, I would imagine a lot of those are postings to outside the country. I would think um, on the mortgage um, side too, for, for military, for people that don't know if they break midterm um, they actually have, I think it's Brook, Brook street, Dave, is that the name of the organization? Brookfield. Brookfield, Brookfield. Sorry. Brookfield. Brookfield. So they they basically will n- help cover the the penalty, but also they help cover the like all the moving costs and so on. So um, it does alleviate some of that um, from a financing standpoint. It alleviates some of that fear of potentially moving midterm or something like that. And I know you were mentioning Greg about the prices potentially could go down, but from a mortgage standpoint with rates increasing and so on, there is some a bit of a safety net there for them on that side, uh, on our side, I should say. So that is something as well. I just figured I'd uh, throw that out there because obviously if you, I never knew about it until we got into mortgages that that existed. So it, it is something that is kind of there, which is great. I'm happy that, you know, our, our service men and women have that uh, available to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting. But I mean, Ottawa is, like you said, Dave, there's, there's a lot of those really nice surrounding areas that are still 
affordable. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll use the word affordable because the people buying in the city right now are really, you know, most of them are, I think we talked about a few weeks ago, I think it was like 20 to 25% of them are outside investors, you know, from within Canada, but just see it as an investment opportunity. They're buying them as investment properties. And that's why, you know, the rental now rental, we, I did say before we came on air here that uh, there was an article I read this morning about uh, rental rates across Canada increasing. Uh, and I think it said they had increased 20% uh, since last year. And the average rent now in Canada for a single family was uh, tw- just over 2,600. So speaking yeah. of rent, I mean, you know, that's still, it Maybe could be affordable, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, the mortgage payment for $2,600, you know, you're looking at somewhere in the, you know, eight, eight, kind of seven to 800,000 range. So it would be pretty much on par if you're looking at a single family home. Yeah. I, I do want to mention something, Dave, I, I like your point about, you know, living uh, outside of the city. I, a lot of the relocations I have done have been like Limoges, Embrun, Castleman, mm-hmm. et cetera. They don't mind the drive, especially coming from a smaller town that might be a little bit further out from where they're working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, the, uh, I guess, I guess we'll see if uh, any of those big, any of those new developments in, uh, in Limoges and, uh, and the nation and whatnot get off the ground soon enough to satisfy some of those. Uh, yeah. I was out in, uh, I was out in Russell on Saturday morning and there is a lot of, a lot of green space out there still. So I feel like there's going to be some uh, future all the way down that highway, right? Anytime you go it's down, keep going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got one more uh, comment about uh, relocation that people that might not know, uh, especially if you're military or CMP. Uh, we are part of you have to work with a Brookfield agent. Uh, I am one of those agents. So there's a directory of, of realtors that are approved to work with Brookfield. Not everybody can or, or has taken the time to uh, have that privilege, I guess you could say. And uh, for those of you that don't know too, there is a, um, the military that works with these realtors has a discount rate for uh, commissions. So if, uh, if you are a seller and you don't know about this yet, you, uh, there is a discount and commission payable to the realtors on the buy and the sell side. That's awesome. We also, we yeah. should say that usually, and I, I'd imagine that it'll definitely happen if this is, and we should actually bring it up to some of our lenders, Dave, but um, in the past, lenders have had uh, military promotions for rates and so on. So <clears throat> getting discounted rates and, and so on, especially with rates rising, very important to, to keep your eye on that. So uh, if you are military personnel and you're, you are moving to Ottawa or moving outside of Ottawa, feel free to give Dave and I a call and we can give you a more detailed quote as to what, what's possible and so on. Um, but I would feel like if this is going to be something that is being extended, that a lot of the lenders are going to you know, use that as an opportunity to, to provide that service to to the personnel. So we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that. And if we see anything come out, we'll certainly uh, mention on the show as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of, we were speaking of uh, building the, uh, an article that we came across uh, last week, which was uh, pretty neat. There's a, uh, a company that's partnered with the uh, Windsor, Windsor Essex innovation fund. I think it was. Uh, Windsor build, Essex. To Sounds build, very British. So, yeah. Uh, to build 3D affordable housing, 3D homes. So they partnered. So uh, the Innovation Fund in, in Windsor has partnered with this company wow. and, and in partnership as well with Habitat for Humanity. And they're going to build uh, the first of its kind, a 3D printed home. Um, so the idea behind it is to, you know, in partnership with Habitat for Humanity, seeing that they can, you know, build this real life and how it, you know, withstands our uh our climates uh, here in Ontario and, and, and for building multifamily um, homes and, and, and small homes as well, which would be uh, just pretty awesome that, uh, 
that they're getting into this and, and, you know, that it's happening here in, in Ontario as well. How big of a 3D printer would you need to build? Like, even if you're doing it in small increments, you know, like, to be, uh, I mean, I guess based on that image, I mean, because they do it, like even just the, uh, I mean, if it it's once, I, I did see a video before of, of them yeah. kind of like a, a, a mock of it. And it's basically mm-hmm. on a robotic arm that kind of moves around, mm-hmm. like hovers around and kind of builds, but it will be interesting to oh. see what there the real life, uh, yeah, what, what, you know, what comes of it, how it's built, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the finished product. And, and of course, like obviously making sure that it can withstand our climate here, especially, you know, through our brutal winters yeah. in Ontario. Um, but this is something that would be awesome. I mean, it certainly would help the affordable housing um, uh, mm-hmm. supply that's needed. And, and, you know, and there was uh, uh, another article that talked about the, uh, the Ontario affordable housing uh, report that was put together. Um, they had kind of a, a meeting maybe the last few weeks or something like that. And it came out where they, they, they said that there needs to be a million and a half. They need to increase the amount of, of affordable housing being built to a million and a half new homes for just affordable housing over the next decade. So basically doubling what they originally had said. I think something like this, if they can get this off the ground, this is the this is the way in which they can achieve that. Because mm-hmm. through regular the regular bricks and sticks, we've seen that that's not going to happen. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see because you know if they can get these going uh, 24 seven and just pumping them out. Yeah, no kidding. Awesome. I love it. Like just a Willy Wonka, no Willy Wonka factory of a solution. <clears throat> What was that, Greg? That sounded deep. I'm just saying, just when you think there's no solutions, there's a solution. Okay. Stick stick those Waterloo, uh, stick those Waterloo eggheads on the uh, on the job, and they'll figure it out. (laughs) Get it done. (laughs) Yeah. No. Uh, It'll be awesome. And I think there was some. There was another article that you had, uh, Paul. Was there not? Um, it was just talking about the rent prices. So, I mean, I can, it just says that um, the average rent for all property types listed on rentals.ca in January uh, was $1,807 per month, up 4.4 from January 2021. Um, That's still down from an average of $1,879 in January 2020 and $1,855 in January 2019. So it's actually lower than than past years. But then that is, uh, that's for all property types. But then the detached house rentals was the one that I was commenting on earlier. So that said... um, uh, while overall rents are uh, only up slightly, single-family homes are in high demand, with the average monthly rent up nearly 20% over the past year to 26.52. In comparison, the average rent for condo rentals increased 13% to 2,227, while monthly rent for apartments, such as purpose-built rentals and units and houses, was up just 2.1% to 1639 in January. I think yeah, there's one I mean- thing we should comment on there because the the rent, those rents, that increase is only on new rentals. Like a buyer buys, a, an investor buys a property, that's their rental rate. Like if you're living in a property currently, the landlord can increase the rental rate that much. Not, not unless term. there's a turnover. Yeah, like yeah. they can't just, yeah. Even if your lease is up in Ontario, you go month to month, they can't just arbitrarily increase these. You're still right. stuck to, you know, it's based on CPI or consumer price index. That you can increase it on turnover of a tenant, then you could then you could increase yes. that uh, that rent. But that would be the only situation. Yeah. 
There's an interesting section at the bottom here too. It says Canada's gap between rent and mortgage payments among the largest. It says renting a three-bedroom apartment is now about 32% cheaper than buying a comparable property, according to a new study by comparethemarket.com. That's one of the largest gaps in the world with Canada ranking at number 10. Beating out Canada are many European countries where house prices are are so expensive that renting can be over 40% cheaper than owning. Luxembourg, Latvia, and Slovakia take the top three positions. In the past, renting was sometimes considered to be a poor financial decision, but the rent versus buy debate has been cast in a new light now that house prices in most markets are so high. Renting doesn't always mean you're just throwing money away and just making your landlord richer. Financial commentator Patricia Lovett-Reed told CTV late last year, it's a decent strategy to take that money and invest it in the market. You can be renting and still have wealth creation, particularly if you're young. Nevertheless, most Canadians still dream of home ownership. A full three quarters of Gen Z adults say they plan to buy a home despite the affordability hurdle. Yeah, I, I think it's um, a lot of that is just in people are willing to pay more for a property because they also assume there's a, a huge assumption because of where values have gone that it is a safe investment that it's going to increase in value. Yeah. Um, so paying 800,000 for a home, even if they feel it's <clears throat> high or too high or what have you, they're still willing to pay that because they assume that it's going to <clears throat> continue going up. And so it's kind of under that assumption that they're willing to, to undertake that, that expense or, or that purchase price. I think that's where the biggest is. So, um, I think next week we should go, we should bring up the kind of 30 year chart again of average home prices in Ottawa. I know we did that about a year ago, but I think it'd be great yeah. to see just year over year, just so that people get a, an understanding as well as to how absolutely secure at least the Ottawa market is from a, from an, an investment standpoint, again, not financial advice, but historically speaking, uh, I think we last, we looked at it, I think it was only one year that it was down and it was like 0.1% or something. It was mm. such a nominal decrease. Um, so I think that'd be and, a valuable stat. And, and that the past up. two years and that the past two years, price increases of double digits is mm -hmm. not an, mm -hmm. is not unusual. It has happened in the past, mm -hmm. several different instances. I think it was every 10 where, years or so. It happened. Yeah. It's basically gone up in double digit increments in the, in the high teens and things like that. So it's not just a rarity this past couple of years. It's just that we're now in the higher price ranges where when it jumps, 15% on a million dollar home. It's a little bit different when it's 15% on a $150,000 yeah. home. But, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> those, those numbers jump out a little bit more. Um, yeah. Well, what's going on the rest of the week, uh, gentlemen? You got uh, a busy week coming up. I know, Greg, you mentioned you had some listings. I got some listings coming up. Um Man, I'm just like I'm just going back thinking like there's a lot more that we could talk about the show. I have two other topics, but I I think we're gonna have to cut it, aren't we? I think we're going. Are, are we close to our close to our end here? We're just what, really good at this now. Give us the high level. So topics. much to talk about. Give us the high level. The high level. To, well, the um that company that I was just on a call with, Airbrick Finance, out of the UK. Mm. I'm investing in that. Uh, but that and he's gonna he's agreed to be a guest on the show. Chris Germano, guys of beauty. We'll have them on in a couple of weeks. Um, it's a very interesting uh, platform, but let's leave that for uh, let's leave that for next next time because we can get into that. And there was another question that I answered on our Facebook page about no conveyance, and this guy yeah, made a comment touch on that about, quickly. That was very interesting. So he said, you know, no conveyance didn't exist until the market in 2020. Um, 
and uh you know it's what, what, what did he say something it was about like gangsterism or something like uh or cr- criminal it sounded criminal, like it was pretty uh, close to home for him if i'm being honest i think organized been... crime organized crime is what he said he's like it's maybe like maybe explain crime. explain forcing, generally speaking forcing, Greg, what, yeah what he, conveyance was, no conveyances and so on so no, no sure. conveyance means that if you if an offer when you see no conveyance on a listing, it means that if someone pre- presents an offer to the agent before that day of no conveyance, that the agent, the, the clients have agreed that the agent is not to present that offer to them. That he if he gets it, he's like, absolutely not. Why are you even doing this? It says no conveyance. See you later. As a realtor, if you present that offer to the client and they agree to look at it legally, you can get in big trouble. From the real estate board, from the real estate council of Ontario, you'll probably get sued if the sellers take the take the deal. Whatever, it's uh, it's not fair game. So I, I think that this, you know, the question it was a it was a valid question, but it's like people are just uninformed, right? So no conveyance has been around forever, but what used to happen in multiple offers, and the reason that we implemented it was to create a fair playing field for multiple offer situations because it used to just say offers presented at this day and everyone would just be like okay they're doing offer presentation so everybody was mindful and you know they would just wait they wouldn't submit preemptive offers wasn't a thing like a bully offer wasn't really a thing and then uh and then you would you would bid and you know someone would win and back in the day when i was first involved in them everybody would all the agents would drive up to the house with their clients in the car and we would get it all on paper. We would take it in and we would mm-hmm. sit down with our seller. We would choose the offer. We'd go outside and we'd give, we'd go like, it would say respectfully rejected on the offer. We'd give it back to the ones that lost. And then we'd present the, the winner with their winning offer. If there was two that were really close, we'd go back and give it to the two closest. And we'd say, give us your best offer. We'd go back inside and wait. Then they'd come knock on the door with their offer. And it was amazing. It was a lawn party. Oh, it was, it was so great. Cause you'd have all these vehicles outside the house. I started like, Oh wow. Right now it's all digital and just madness, you know, last minute, everything coming in. But what happened was bully offers became really common because no one wanted to wait when the market got more aggressive. So what happened was we put in, uh, or they started implementing the no conveyance, you know, meaning like there's no way we're not going to look at a bully offer. We're going to wait. So it just creates a more fair playing field for people to get involved. But on some listings, it'll say no conveyance, but pre-offer, or, um, pre-preemptive offers will be uh, reviewed. So it's kind of like um, that, like a half that, and that's half. Mixed offers messaging. presented that's, at pre- preemptives can to be accepted or can be yeah. accepted. But, you know, it, it just depends on what the seller's looking for. And if you are going to do a preemptive at this point, when there is a no conveyance, it's, uh, you know, the seller's almost expecting 100000 dollars higher or else yeah. they're just going to wait bully mm-hmm. offers do work um occasionally it just depends on how much the seller wants the property and what the property is originally priced at but uh but yeah to that question no conveyance was definitely not created to create multiple offers it was created to prevent unfair uh you know treatment i guess to the buyers mm-hmm. so it makes it more uh more cooperative it's an interesting well, position i mean know. it still is even if you accept that offer, I mean, you're still as a seller, you're still, you know, there's still some risk associated there. You're gambling a bit, right? Because you know, you could accept that offer for let's say 70 K over, but you could also wait if you're really confident in your property and maybe you'll get, you know, 10 offers and 150 over. So, I mean, it's like, you, you know, or even get if you lower. accept it or, or get, get lower, get lower. Yeah. cause you might, cause that person that you already declined might say, you know, the heck with it. I'm not yeah. going to resubmit and, and 
you know, you're not getting a high, uh, as high an offer. Like it is definitely a gamble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like a home run. It's not like, you know, it's not like you're guaranteed anything at any point in the, in the, in the transaction. It's still a risk. So I know. I mean, I mean, and, and Hey, like, you know, this, the <laughs> offer, the bidding wars and all this stuff. I mean, I wish it would, I wish it would end, but you know, I wish like I have two properties coming up next week. I wish that I could just price them fairly and uh, put them on the market to sell, but sellers, every, I mean, everybody seller wants the opportunity to get the most money they can. Right. They all know mm-hmm. the risks of doing it. There are risks, but in a market like this, still chances mm-hmm. are they're going to get, uh, they're going to get much more. I miss your auctioneering of your listings. Me. Oh yeah. We're going to bring them back. We might have to get the, these uh, yeah, the these featured listings. listings. Yeah. Your, your featured listing. Oh yeah. Uh, this prop- yeah, this we, property uh, is a yeah. one, two, three main street. And we got a, that was let's, so good. Yeah, last let's year. start that up. Let's start that up again next week. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. And we're back the listings and we'll do, we'll do agencies in the off. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good idea. Actually <clears throat> promotion. I Thanks go. Paul. You're welcome. For reminding You're welcome. me of that. Uh, mood boost, gentlemen. I got Do some. It. I got to make up for last week. Got a yeah, lot of negative responses. Uh, there. <clears throat> Something in my throat today. All right, I got three. Hopefully, they hit. Uh, number one. I tried. Uh, not much of an artist, but I tried to draw a circle, but it was pointless. <laughs> That's slight chuckles. Slight chuckles. <laughs> uh. I knew a guy who collected candy canes. Interesting guy. Uh, they were all in mint condition. <laughs> and last but not least, you guys know I'm, a, I'm an active guy. I made a playlist recently for hiking. It has music from Peanuts, The Cranberries, and Eminem. I call it my trail mix. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> as always, I don't think we actually right. gave a shout out at the beginning of the show, but shout out to North Brew Coffee, northbrew.ca. If you go to northbrew.ca, use the promo code podcast. They'll give you 20% off of every coffee order, which is very kind of them. Uh, also, 20% of your order goes towards the Ottawa homeless community. So good coffee, good cause. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for showing up. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our ace producer, Steve Hopkins. We will be back next week. And this show will be aired Tuesday at 10 a.m. And please make sure to subscribe to any of our channels on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you. Please leave your comments. And if you have anything that you want discussed or any questions about what we've talked about, throw them in there. We answer every question. And as you saw, we we will even talk about it on the show. So we might have to bring B share on I'm here on here at some point and just just have him rapid so. fire us some questions. I I would be so I would be so down. Yeah, he he might he not make she, it to the mood. I don't boost, know, if but it's if a he, he does, or she, yeah. they they are oh, true. Would yeah, it's love, true. Would love. Yeah, yeah. They they may not make it to the mood boost, but uh, <laughs> so maybe maybe they won't hear this. But uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, great, great show, gentlemen. Great week. And uh, we'll see you soon. All right. There's Thanks, everyone. Later. Bye.